How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. WGR. Here's the American dream. Dusty Rhodes and Dusty, your fans welcome you back, man. Sports Radio 550. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Sports Talk Saturday. No respect. No honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years, they give him a watch, kick him in the butt, and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard time. Want to talk to the guys on Sports Talk Saturday? Call or text us now. You put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard time. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Make no mistake where you are. What is that from, Corey? That is Dusty Rhodes mm-hmm. uh, speaking to uh, folks over at the W. Uh, I think it was WCW at the time. It might have been WWF. Ah, okay. Um, talking about uh, the the vile Ric Flair, the vile Ric Flair, uh, and uh, uh, putting the aforementioned hard times on Dusty Rhodes. Mm. Uh, and aren't we all dealing with hard times? Really, isn't that what we're, what we're all doing? I mean, we we always are. Yep, we always are. I mean. There are hopefully better days ahead, but we are still here. We're still uh, we're still talking with you here on uh, WGR Sports Radio 550 on this wonderful, beautiful edition of Sports Talk Saturday. Really a nicer day than I think I would have expected outside. Good morning, everyone. Happy last day of the regular season for the Buffalo Sabres. Brayton Wilson filling in for Nate Geary today. Nate has the week off. He should be back on the airwaves with you next Saturday here on WGR. But I'm filling in for the next three hours, leading you up to Sabres pregame coverage here on WGR with the Paul William Belts pregame show. Brian Cozio will be covering that for you for an hour before faceoff at 3 o'clock with Rick Jenneret and Rob Ray on the call. Speaking of Brian Koziel, he'll join me at 1.40 today as we kind of wrap everything up with this season and we'll get Brian's thoughts on the coaching search that's likely to come up. We'll get his thoughts on the season that was, the future of Jack Eichel, and that's pretty much going to be the a lot of the show today is talking about the season that was and also talking about what's to come down the road for the future of the Sabres because I think there are just so many unanswered questions and, and a lot on Kevin Adams' plate going into this offseason, which will officially begin after today's game at 3 o'clock today as Buffalo They finished last place in the NHL standings once again. They are going to have the best odds to pick at number one in the NHL draft lottery. The lowest they can finish is with the third overall pick, which that is a better consolation than losing out and finishing fourth. Sorry, Detroit last year with Alexi Lafreniere. Uh, If you listen enough to our programs here on WGR, and you've listened to me quite a bit, Uh, You would know that I am a fan of the throw every draft lottery you can ever imagine into the sun because they are just terrible. They do not serve any positive purpose for the league whatsoever. So that's, that's just my thoughts here. I'm, you know, there will be tanking, but I'll digress from that point. 
So we're here. We're talking hockey with you, wrapping up the season or doing the best we can at least to wrap up the season. Brian, as I just mentioned, will join me at 140. Also coming up this morning, we will be talking with Paul Hamilton at the bottom of this hour, 1130. Get a little pregame warm up, I guess we'll call it in terms of today's matchup between the Sabres and the Penguins at PPG Paints Arena. At noon, we'll speak with Dan Rosen from NHL.com. We'll get his thoughts on the Sabres season that was, the job from Don Granado in the 28 games, or 27 technically he's coached now, but he will coach 28 games as of today. And then we'll also get draft talk in. We'll talk with Steve Cornianos from thedraftanalyst.com. He's on Twitter at the draft analyst and we'll get his thoughts on the top of the draft. We'll get his thoughts on who might fit the Sabres the best. We'll get his thoughts on just anything and everything that we can with the 2021 NHL draft is now we know officially as of Thursday night the Sabres will be picking or at least they will be having the best odds to pick number 1 with their last place finish this season in the NHL. Right off the bat, we'll get to your thoughts, we'll get to your comments, and you can join us throughout the program. 716-803-0550 is the number to call us and also text us. You can also follow along on Twitter with everything that's going on today. You can follow myself at BJ Wilson WGR. You can follow the station at WGR550. Hey, you can even follow Corey Griswold if you want on Twitter. He's shaking his head. No, no. you can't. Yes, you can. <laughs> no, yes, I blew it can. up. <laughs> what, what's, what's your Twitter handle? There, I don't have one. I blew it up. <laughs> Joke's on all of you oh, out there. Is that Got so? rid of it. I might be looking for, uh, in the offseason here, for the educational offseason, might be uh, looking for other planes, other green fields of existence out there, and usually when you enter into the I might be getting a job phase of your life, it is always mm. a good idea to clean up the paper trail a little bit. Mm. Uh, so I don't know if an employer who has no idea what social media is <laughs> goes like, I wonder if they have this thing called Twitter, and then looks up my Twitter feed where I'm retweeting like absolutely bizarre uh, Twitter jokes, and they're like, oh, this person needs, I think I should... <laughs> Call the authorities. So I decided Who to. Who want to call the authorities on you? I'm taking a little time out. Going to talk it over at the bench, over social media a little bit, and we'll see where we get to after you, the summer. You've, you've put a pause on your account. And mm-hmm. you, okay. We're gonna, you know, so uh, we're gonna put it under institutional review, and uh, you know, we'll get back to you when we have further details. Fair enough. Fair enough. More well, as this story develops. Well, if you want to create Corey Griswold a burner account, it's out there. Listen, send him absolutely. Along. You can you, you can you can create Corey Griswold any account you want, any Twitter handle you want. You can send it in on the text line. You can send it in on Twitter uh, to either the station account or to my account. That's correct. You're more than welcome to do that, and uh, and maybe the best one that comes up at the end of the day, we'll create an account with that handle and with that name. Spell it with an E, please. <laughs> yes. Uh, so. We'll have some fun there. 803-0550 is the number here if you want to get in on the show. So, again, tonight is, this afternoon, I guess, is the regular season finale for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Well, it it didn't necessarily go all that great this year for Buffalo. I I think, obviously, we look back and we look at the 18-game winless streak that was a black guy in the organization. Uh, Ralph Kruger didn't even survive that 18-game winless streak. He gets fired halfway through the season at the exact halfway point of the season uh, back on March 17th. Don Granado takes over, and fair to say, Don Granado has been able to turn this team around in a more positive way. However, the team still finishes in last place in the NHL standings after their 8-4 loss to Pittsburgh, officially clinched that on Thursday night. So, looking back at the Don Granado tenure as the interim head coach of the Buffalo Sabres, we like what he said. He joins myself, Howard, and Jeremy every Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock. We get his thoughts on the team. We get his thoughts on what's going on, not only with his team, but also just kind of everything else that's going on. And there are a lot of things that Don Granado has said that we all loved to hear. And and Jeremy had the 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 phrase, put this quote on a banner from Don Granado. Put it on a banner. Talked about Rasmus Dahlin and just letting him kind of be himself. He also just wants the team to play their game and not worry about anything else, uh, not even worry about, you know, the standings. Because at the point he took over, the team was already the worst team in the NHL, one of the worst teams in the NHL. 
I mean, when he took over, it, I think the losing streak at that point was at 12. The winless streak, however you want to declare it. There should be a new record in the NHL where it is losing a losing streak after the salary cap era. Because that once the salary cap got established in 2005-2006, there were no more ties. So you couldn't consider it a winless streak. You were going to lose a game. And the Sabres lost 18 straight games, but the NHL only wants to consider it a winless streak. That's fine. That's fine. Whatever. So Don Granato takes over in the middle of that winless streak. He misses one of the games because he had to enter the COVID-19 protocols for a false positive test. Comes back the next day. Rejoins the team. And finally... End of March, Sabres almost went the entire month of March on a losing streak. The last day of March, they break that 18-game winless streak with a 6-1 win over the Flyers. Very impressive. And from there, everything's gone fairly well for Don Granato. If you take out the five games that I that I think he coached, if I remember correctly, he coached five. Kevin Adams did the one. Don Granato technically is faring pretty, faring pretty well. I've got his hockey reference page for his coaching stats up at uh, on, on my computer here. And right now, through 27 games, I think the, the record technically counts on him, even that one game where Kevin Adams stepped in. 9-15-3 is his record in 27 games. Not great, but considering everything that has happened with the team and the turnaround that we've seen from some of these younger players, especially the Casey Middlestats, the Tage Thompsons, the Rasmus Asplins, uh, we've seen R2 Rootsalainen play really well night in and night out. Uh, we've also seen, you know, Dylan Cousins, despite him not scoring recently, he's been He's been contributing. He's been really putting in good efforts night in, night out, and there, I don't think there's any question about Dylan Cousins' effort. I think he gives it 110%, 110% of the time. Anders Bjork, since he came over in the Taylor Hall trade, he's really played incredibly well, playing all sorts of roles in this team. All the young guys, Rasmus Dahlin, Henry Yoki Haru on the blue line, these guys have really stepped up their game and have performed really well. Matthias Samuelson, since coming in, has surprisingly been a a good contributor for the Sabres organization on the blue line. With that, you know, we've also seen the older veteran players, some of them, step up their games. Sam Reinhart has been electric since he has had Don Granado take over. He's been arguably one of the better goal scorers in the entire NHL since then. I think Victor Olofsson's game has stepped up and has been much better since then. I think that we've seen a guy like Drake Kajula, even though he's only gotten a handful of games with the Sabres since being claimed off waivers from Arizona. I think as of late, he's put in a lot of good efforts and he's been really contributing towards a lot of positive things happening on the ice. And especially as of late, Jeff Skinner has started to come around with his game. He scored on the power play. Hey, who knew? Jeff Skinner, good on the power play. Ralph Kruger didn't know because he didn't ever play Jeff Skinner on the power play. Jeff Skinner scored his first power play goal the other night. Since the Phil Housley coaching era, the eighteen nineteen season, yeah, it's been that it's been that long. So Jeff Skinner gets there, and the, and the, the rest of the team seems like that they've kind of been rejuvenated under Don Granado. Now you can look at that and say, okay, that's positive, but the team was already well out of the playoffs when Don Granado took over. Well out of the playoffs. So he takes over. Team starts to turn around. They play well. But they still finish last. They're still in dead last in the NHL. They're going to be dead last. They're going to have the best odds of drafting with the number one overall pick in this year's draft. We'll get to the draft talk a little later with Steve Cornianos. But this year's draft class is not a spectacular draft. <laughs> now... Coming up in the next two drafts, there's going to be a heck of a talent at the top. Not just one heck of a talent, but a couple heck of talents at the top, however you want to phrase that. A couple of guys in the 2022 NHL draft and the 2023 NHL draft that have superstar potential to their names. Alexi Lafreniere last year. I said was as pretty darn close as you can get to a generational player. And it didn't start all that well with the Rangers, but he was pretty good. 
this year, the crop of players are good, but there's nobody that stands above everyone else and it's just like, oh, this guy, this guy right here is going to be a superstar. Next two drafts after this one, the talent is incredible at the top. Shane Wright, Brad Lambert next year. Then the year after that, you've got Connor Bedard and Matt Devay-Vichkov in 2023. I almost said 2013. I don't know why, but the I mean, the draft this year, the Sabres finished. I mean, I think a lot of people around here don't want this team to finish last. I certainly am beyond the days back of McEichel years where it was just like you kind of wanted them to finish last. It's been 10 years, for crying out loud, since this team made the playoffs. It has been 10 long years. And in those 10 years, this team hasn't even come close to sniffing the playoffs. Other than maybe their first year when Lindy Ruff was still here. The team didn't come close to sniffing the playoffs. They haven't even been in the realm of being close to being a playoff team. This year is another year where they finished dead last four times in the 10-year playoff drought. Four times in the last eight seasons the Sabres have finished with the worst overall record in the NHL. What has that resulted in? Sam Reinhart, 2014. Jack Eichel, 2015. Rasmus Dahlin, where they got the first overall pick. Lucky, lucky, 2018. And now this year. What's it going to result in? I don't know. But Don Granado, looking back at what he's done, the team still finished dead last despite him coming in. And at that point, yeah, I know. The team was losing. They were in all sorts of disarray because of the Ralph Kruger coaching staff. Kruger just didn't seem to have a good grasp as to how to handle the team how to kind of divvy up his talent and, and utilize that and read the read the room, for crying out loud. Read the room. And he didn't get that at all. Didn't seem to get it one bit. He gets fired. Steve Smith, the defensive coach, gets fired. Steve Smith stuck around from the Phil Housley coaching era and made it to Ralph Kruger's coaching era. And then he gets fired. So then it is Granado moving from the offensive assistant coach to interim head coach. Matt Ellis, the director of player development, gets a little bit of a promotion, becomes an interim assistant coach. And then Dan Girardi, who is a player development coach in the organization, comes in and becomes an assistant head coach, an interim assistant head coach. And it seemed like, at that point, the message was, just go play your game. Don't worry about much. There's going to be mistakes, but as long as you learn from your mistakes then we're okay. And the team still did relatively well. It didn't start off great at first because the team was trying to get adjusted to Don Granado and, and a new coach kind of leading the room. And I know Don Granado's been here for a little bit. And I mean, it shouldn't have probably been that long, but they still, they couldn't win at first. They finally get the win. They start to turn things around. And they still finish last. I I mean... I'll be honest, I like what I hear from Don Granado. I like his philosophies that he wants to bring to the table. When he talks with us in the mornings, with Howard and Jeremy and, and myself being there as well, I like hearing what he says. I like hearing that he just wants those guys to go play their game, not worry about you know, making mistakes. That's exactly what Rasmus Dahlin was doing when he was playing in the Swedish Hockey League as a 16-year-old, as a 17-year-old. They knew the talent that he had. The coaching staff knew the talent of Dalene, and they just let him go play his game. If he made a mistake, they'd work on it, and he'd go right out there either the next shift, the next game, the next practice, whatever, and he'd go immediately implement that from what he learned and work on that until, okay, I've corrected the problem. What's next? Don Granado seemed like he got not only what Dalene was wanting to do, what he wanted to have Dalene do and, and have him learn from his mistakes and go out there and correct them and go play his game, continue to be the player that he is. It wasn't just Dalene. It was Henry Yoki Haru as well. It was the younger players on the roster. Casey Middlestat in, in, in particular. Tage Thompson in particular. 
he 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 trusted Rasmus Asplund, and the three of them all of a sudden became this line where it's just like nothing. I mean, yeah, there were going to be mistakes, but the line was going out there, and they were fun to watch every night. They played with speed. They played with skill. They kept their heads up. They were moving their feet. They were fun to watch. Anders Bjork comes in, and he immediately steps in and becomes a key contributor to the top six, top nine of the group. He wasn't just a fourth liner or a guy that was coming in and out of the lineup because he was making a mistake here or there. He was coming in, and he was contributing right away because Don Granado just knew at the talent that he had and what he wanted that talent to go out and do. And he said, okay, I'm going to accept the mistakes. We'll work on that a different time. And then as long as you're learning from those mistakes, you're going to continue to play. And a lot of these players really started to turn their games around and really started to show a lot of promise going forward. I mean, Howard Simon wrote it in an article a couple weeks ago, maybe, where he had he said in his article he completely wrote Casey Middlestat off the roster at that point. He wrote him off completely as just saying, I don't even care what his future is in this organization. It's over. Then Granado comes in, and Casey Middlestat is starting to look like the player that the Sabres drafted him eighth overall for in 2017. A guy that is very good with the puck on his stick in tight. You know that term, can dangle in a phone booth? That's Casey Middlestat. He's that good with the puck on his stick. He showed good defensive responsibility, which they were trying to get him to work on with, with Kruger's staff. I think that it was working. And then he just never got in the lineup. Kruger would rather defer to the Tobias Readers and the Riley Shans and some of the older talents on the roster, some of the ones that he wanted to get and say, we need these guys in here to be more of a defensively sound team. Casey Middlestat was playing relatively well in his own end. I thought he played well with the puck and he was reliable. I mean, for crying out loud, he was getting penalty kill time when he was playing. Whether it was with Kruger or with Granado behind the bench, he was getting penalty kill time. He's an offensive guy, but he was still able to do it. And he's still doing it now. And he's doing well with it. He's not struggling. He's not drowning. As I think it was Jason Bottrell that coined that phrase before he got sent back down to Rochester last season before the pandemic. He wasn't drowning out there. He's not drowning out there. He's swimming with the rest of the fishes out there. With the rest of the fish. Plural. The plural words, whatever. He's out there doing really, really well. And Don Granado is just letting him do his job, letting him do what he does best. And he's doing that not just with Casey Middlestat, not just Darlene, Yoki Haru. He's doing it with Thompson, Rasmus Asplin, R2 Rootsalainen, and Dylan Cousins. And we're seeing these turnarounds in their games. And, and as I mentioned before, even a guy like Sam Reinhardt, all of a sudden, it's just like, go play center again, Sam Reinhart. I'm gonna, I'm, I'll raise my hand here. I'm guilty. I said Sam Reinhart couldn't play center anymore in the NHL. Oh, so this is your fault? No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not putting this. I'm, I'm owning up to Good what one, I was Brayton. saying. I'm owning up to what I was saying, Corey. I was one that said this isn't going to work because we've seen them try Sam Reinhart down the middle so many times in the NHL. We saw him with Dan Bilesma. Didn't work. Phil Housley. Didn't work. Ralph Kruger. Didn't work. How is Don Granato going to make Sam Reinhart work at center? Sam Reinhart has been very good at center. He's winning faceoffs. He's using his size to help win faceoffs. He's playing physical down the middle. It just seems like that he's seeing everything so much better down the middle after all this time on the wing and after so many people, including myself, saying, oh, it's never going to work. He can't play center anymore. That ship has sailed. Like, it's it's gone out to sea, way out to sea. It's in the middle of the Pacific Ocean right now where there's no one in sight for miles. That boat's all of a sudden come back now to shore. Sam Reinhardt at the NHL level, I think, can play center again. Can he do it under another coach that's not Don Granado? We'll see. But certainly in the in the time that Don Granado has been here, I think Sam Reinhardt has been able to step up his game at center. So we're seeing all these examples of guys that are 
flourishing, just being allowed to play their game. And then this just brings up the question, where does Don Granado fit in this whole picture for the future of the coaching staff? Can Don Granado actually be more than just the interim coach of the Sabres? Is he a serious consideration for the future job? 803-0551-888-550-2550. And quite honestly, I'm not too sure yet. Sure, we've seen these guys flourish and play their game and become the players that they were brought in here to be, drafted to be, signed to be. But how would they do in a situation where they were in like in contention? Would they be making the same mistakes and and playing the same way if they weren't just told go out there and just play your game because the season at this point there's there's nothing really to play for. We're out of a playoff race by a mile. Just go play on your game and work on your game. Can Don Granado, if he becomes the full-time head coach after this year, get his team to play the exact same way as he has in this circumstance where the team is out of a playoff race and he just says, go and play your game no matter what. And I put it in a Twitter poll. How would you grade Don Granado's tenure as interim head coach of the Sabres. And your options are, A, give him the job. He's done everything that I've wanted to see him do. Give him the job. He's done a perfect job. I don't need anybody else to to see or to talk about. Just give him the job. B, I like what I see. I don't know if it's going to work out, but let's see, you know, let's, let's take him into serious consideration. See, I, I, yes, but let's see what else is out there. Yes, there's some positivity. Yes, there's some players that are going out and playing much better, but I think there are better options out there. Or D, they finish last. Who cares? They're still the worst team in the NHL. Go find another coach. Go find the guy that's going to get this team back to the playoffs. Whether it's your... Bruce Boudreaux's of the world, or Gerard Gallant's, or Claude Julien's. So feel free to vote. Or you could join in with your thoughts, with your comments, with our with Twitter, text line, or the phone calls. 716-803-0550 is the number to join us. Right now, in the Twitter poll, at BJ Wilson WGR, it is 68% B- I like what I see. 13% of the people say, give him the job. 15% say, I I still want to go out there and see what's out there. There's probably better options, and let's see. And then 4% of people say, well, they finished dead last, so I don't really care. Just go find another coach. I, I'm more in the realm of B, because the biggest question for me, at the very least, is how is this going to translate if he becomes the full-time head coach, how can he translate from being that guy where it's just go play your game? Because, you know, at this point, the points don't matter. The It's like whose line is that anyway? You know, the points don't matter. Just go out there. Just do your thing. Go, go be funny. Points don't matter. Whatever. We give up points. Whatever. How is that going to translate to the beginning of next season when there's going to be a ton of pressure on the organization as I think every year from here on out, there's going to be just that much more pressure at the start of the year for this team to make the playoffs again. How is this team going to perform when you just say, hey, you know, the points matter now. We have to get back to the playoffs. We have to be in contention. That's my biggest concern. Can Don Granado do it? 803-0551-888-552-550. We will get your thoughts on that plenty throughout the day. 
we got a stacked lineup coming up. Paul Hamilton's coming up next here uh, as he's going to give us a little pregame and he's going to give us some final season thoughts and more from what happened this year. We're also going to talk with Dan Rosen from NHL.com, get a good national perspective on his thoughts on the Sabres. We'll also talk with Steve Cornianos from thedraftanalyst.com. He's going to talk draft with us. He's going to give us the latest on his thoughts on the top three of the draft because the worst the Sabres can pick this year is number three overall, which is nice, but just, you could just still get rid of the draft lottery for all I care. And then Brian Koziel at 140, he'll, uh, we'll, we'll get a nice little teaser before pregame coverage where on the pregame, they're going to have a nice little round table to wrap up the season with Brian, with Paul, with Pat Melicaro, and also... Dan Dunleavy is Dan Dunleavy is stepping aside to let Rick Jenneret call the final game of the 2020-21 season. We'll step aside. We'll get Paul Hamilton to join us next. 803-0550. You can join us at any point of the show. Get your thoughts in. Text, tweets, anything. How do you feel Don Granato has done during his tenure as the interim head coach? And can you see him having more than just this little bit here in the future going forward? Let us know. Let's get in on the fun. Let's talk it out right here. Sports Talk Saturday. Brayton Wilson filling in for Nate Gary this week on WGR. All right, we're back here on Sports Talk Saturday, WGR Sports Radio 550. Brayton Wilson here filling in for Nate Geary this week. Nate should be back next week. We're here talking hockey pretty much for most of the show as the Sabres wrap up the 2020-21 season this evening against, or this afternoon, I should say, against the Pittsburgh Penguins at PPG Paints Arena. And joining us right now on the Western Hotline is our very own Paul Hamilton, who is... Uh, Eager to see tonight or this afternoon's game and eager to uh, get in his thoughts on wrapping up the season here. Paul, good morning. How are you today? I'm well. I'm never eager for the season to end, though. I right. Wish, I, wish, I wish there were more games after the one we witnessed this afternoon. Yeah, I mean, it also just it stinks because 56 games versus 82 games. I know that the circumstances this year needed to uh, have it be a shortened season, but it's always fun when you can have a full season. But for some people, I know they'd probably say that given the circumstances of how this season has gone, they probably would prefer the 56 oh, yeah. games over the 82. <laughs> yeah, most of them. And and the thing is, too, we've had a month extra. Usually it's the first week of April that we're having the last game, although we were shortened on the other end of the season, but still – uh, we did get a month later. It's first time we've seen May hockey since 2007 in, in Buffalo. So I'm sure fans, next time they see May hockey, and I'm sure they're hoping that it's soon, will it'll be connected with a playoff run and not uh, something like this. All right, Paul. Well, obviously today is the final game of the 2020-21 season, and a lot of what I've kind of wanted to bring up today is the job that Don Granado has done in his 27-28 games as head coach. He was he was named the interim coach at the very halfway point of the season, and since then has fared, very, has fared pretty well. I mean, the record wouldn't indicate it, but at the time he took over, the team was only 6-18-4, and they were one of the worst, if not the worst team in the NHL. How would you grade Don Granado's tenure with the Sabres as the interim head coach if you could give him a grade? Well, I think it's gone very well because players are responding to him. Players are listening to his message um, because he is having them do things that they can do well. And players like it when they can do go out and show what they can do and show that they can do things well. You know, so it, it's really, and we can just go down the line, and you've already talked about a lot of them that, uh, you know, well, let's put Casey Middlestat back at center. Ralph Kruger had said Casey Middlestat will not play center in the NHL. He is not an NHL center. And Don Granado's decided, you know what, I think he is, and Middlestat has really blossomed. And, and you look at all three of those players, Asplund, Thompson, and Middlestat, especially Middlestat and Asplund, have really, really stepped up their games and blossomed because they're being asked to, hey, you do this well, so watch, watch this piece of film. This is what we want you to do. 
because we feel if you add this to the thing to the table, we have other players that can add other elements to the table because that's what they do well. And then you take what everybody does well and mix it together, and and that's how you form a team that plays together. And I remember it might have been the first game that line was together. It was against Philadelphia. The Sabers were ahead. The mm-hmm. goaltender was pulled. And Thompson missed the net trying to get an empty net goal. Sure enough, Flyers came down and scored. And Yeah, that was the you know, uh, 18th game that they had lost. Yeah, and they blew the game. Mm-hmm. I immediately had people on Twitter just ripping the Sabres. Why is Middlestead's line even out there? Well, that's what Granado did and has done. Put players out in different situations, exposing them to different situations to see what they can do. Now's the time to find out. Because if he's the head coach next year, and as he said the other day, um, he's coached all year long for the future. You know, and if he is the head coach next year, he knows how they're going to react. And lo and behold, okay, it didn't work out for Casey's middle stats line that game. But you know what? Next time that situation came up, guess who was out there? That line. He put him right back out there again. Mm-hmm. And they haven't blown it since. They learned from it. Each one of them has an empty net goal, which is a challenge for this team or had been in the past. They can't score when the other team pulls the goalie. Jack Eichel was the only one that could put the buck in the net. And Evander Kane when he was here. So I guess number nine is good at scoring when the goaltender's pulled. <laughs> um you know, and, and, and they they have a horrible time with that. Well, each one of the guys in that line put games away with empty net goals. They never got scored on again. And they're a line that be, can be held responsible and be out there in those types of situations because he showed confidence in them that, and I'm sure they went to the film room after the game and, and said, look, it, this is what you guys did wrong, but hey. You know, if if you do it this way and do it this way, you're gonna you're going to be successful. And don't worry about it because next time we get in the situation, you're going right back out there. Mm-hmm. Even though you're not thinking to yourself, well, let's get the middle stat line out there when the team other team is down a goal and has a goaltender pulled. You know, that's not your first thought, but they have become responsible hockey players, both offensively and defensively, by doing the things they do well. Yeah. But they can still play in a more well-rounded game, even though, well, let's say Tage Thompson's more of an offensive player. Well, that doesn't mean as a line they can't be responsible as a line defensively because Asplund is a better uh, defensive player. You know, so they if they take their talents and mesh them, they can play in both ends of the arena. So how so? When looking at the the coaching decision going into the off season. How seriously do you think that Don Granado should be considered for this job? Do you feel that he should almost be at the top of the list now with the way that the team has performed as of late and the turnaround from some of these players? Or do you think that you know he should be a serious contender, but the team should still do their due diligence and, and talk to anybody and everybody that they possibly can? Option two. You know, I would say he should be the front runner. I don't think he's done anything... You know, I think he's more surprised to the upside than say, well, you know what, he's not the guy. But I still think, yes, they need to have an extensive search. I mean, you don't know how other people and their ideas until you sit down with them and ask, and maybe you would find a better option, you know, out there, depending on, you know, which coaches are free as, as you know, their seasons end, you know, and, and – you know, and he's already talked to some coaches, but I think absolutely they need. You know, I don't think you should make a rash rash decision. And say Don Granados do well; he's the head coach. We're taking the tag off, make him the coach, without doing extensive interviews, college coaches, NHL coaches, AHL coaches, just a bunch a bunch of different guys that you feel would have an opportunity, a chance to be your coach. I think you need to do that due diligence. Paul Hamilton joining us here on the West Her Hotline here on WGRs. The Sabres wrap up the regular season this afternoon in Pittsburgh against the Penguins. Paul, I know you talked about a, a lot about Casey Middlestat and, and the turnaround that he's had under Don Granado with, with having the confidence of being a center once again in the NHL. Do you believe that he is like the one that has benefited the most from Don Granado's tenure, or is there anyone else that kind of stands above him or anyone for that matter as sort of the player that you've seen turn around the most and have a bigger impact at the NHL under Granado's tutelage. I would probably go with the two guys on his line. 
mm-hmm. Asplund and Middlestadt. I think they have benefited the most. I mean, Asplund was just a forgotten guy, basically. Yeah. And as we found out, as he's played more, if you give him the opportunity, you can, you could have, and, and it's their job to know these things. But they gutted the hockey department, so they didn't know these things, and they just listened to Ralph Kruger. But, you know, now now you find out, you know what, we never needed to sign Cody Eakin to a two-year contract <laughs> that pays him over $2 million yeah. a year. You know, we had a guy in our organization who's better, a lot better. You know, and Aspen can also play center if you need him to. That's his natural position. So, and actually they had a guy here who was better and a lot better, who wound up signing in Arizona for half the money that that Cody Eakin signed for. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, I and I still think, you know, they need to let a lot of the losing go out of here. And I, I liked Larson as a player. I don't think he's a bad player, but he's just part of the guys that have been here forever, and it's just the bad, bad losing. I wouldn't have re-signed Gergensen for that reason. Again, it's not because I think he's a bad player. It's just you got to get some of this negativity out of here. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't mind that, but if your solution was to bring Cody Eakin in to replace him, now I mind. I would rather have Larson here, even though he's lost for all the years he's been here and lost badly, and sometimes that would get to him, and I understand. It would get to me, too. And let's not forget, Gergensen's is also still here. He just never played because he got injured in, in right. training camp. Right, and, and exactly. So, um, you know, it's it's just it – was, it was really short-sightedness that, that wound up doing that. But getting back to your question, I think Asplund – and Middlestat really, I think, have the two that have benefited. And Rasmus Dahlin, I think, has benefited greatly also. And he doesn't go into one-month funks. I mean, if he has a bad game, he's capable of shaking it off and then having a good game the next game. That didn't happen under Ralph Kruger. It would just snowball. Next game was worse. The game after that was worse than that. The game after that was worse than that. And he never could get out of it because he wasn't being asked to do the things that Rasmus Dahlin does well. He was asking to do the things. And Kruger's idea is, we're going to play this way and it's non-negotiable. He said that. That's a direct quote. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, okay, Rasmus Dahlin, this is what you're good at. But you know what? If you can get to it, fine. But you need to get back in your zone. And you need to play like Scott Stevens back in your in, in the defensive zone. Yeah. And it's unacceptable if you if you're not the best defensive player on the ice. And you know, Rasmus Dahlin's like spinning his wheels, going what? You know. So I I would think I would I would also include him in your question too. Okay, Paul. What do you, uh, of the young talent that's that's here? Who's who's realistically in next year? I know that you know some of these guys are going to be you know free agents. Some of these guys are going to be probably going back to Rochester just because there's not enough room with given the NHL guys that are going to be here. You know Jack Eichel's future we don't know, but some of these young guys on this roster, who would you like to see back playing full time in the NHL next year? Well, it's funny. While Kruger was still here, I basically said they got to get like 15 guys out of here. Mm-hmm. And I meant it. I wasn't exaggerating right. or anything. I meant it that this just isn't working. There's very few that are going to be. And I look at the defense and the six guys. Well, I'll put McCabe in there, the seven guys. And I say to myself, I really like some of their youngsters. You know, Bryson, I think, has been good at times, has struggled at times. But he's a rookie. That doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. But he's a very good puck-moving defenseman. It's rare his size gets in the way. I think there's only been one game where I've seen him get the yips when people coming at him. Mm-hmm. And people are going to try to come at him. But, you know, he seems to be able to play angles well and do that well. So I say to myself, can you be a winning team if you have McCabe, Ristolainen, Darlene, Yoki Haru, Bryson, Borgen, and Samuelson? Or do you have to do more to the defense? Or can that young defense with two veterans anchoring it who played the best hockey of their career together, one is an unrestricted free agent, you know, can that be a good defense? So moving forward, you got some very bright young players, I think, on your defense that we have seen. Samuelson 
came as advertised. There are a lot of scouts who told me, and we were talking about this as the season went on, that he has really blossomed and learned quickly in Rochester and is to a point where he could be playing in the NHL now. Well, he has shown us that's true. He can play in the NHL now and, and, and shown that. Rostelainen is a interesting player to talk about. You know, definitely has the shot to score. He is a smaller player, but I have seen him win battles along the wall at times. And he has improved his skating greatly from when he first showed, was first here mm-hmm. and has done that. So it's interesting, but it also is another smaller forward. And, you know, is there room for him right now? I don't know because, you know, they like Bork. Bork has really meshed well with Reinhardt so far. So, uh, you know, what do you do? What do you do with him? Is he going to be part of your future? Is he going to be somebody that you're going to protect from the expansion draft from Seattle? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, because they're right now, unless you make a trade to ask Seattle to lay off certain players, you're in trouble with one defenseman and you're in trouble with one forward right now. Um, right now, you have a choice, you know, on the defense, Darlene, Borgen, Ristolainen, and Yoki Haru. You can, you can protect three out of the four. I'm not even going to put Miller's name in there. And um, one of them would have to be out there. Well, Darlene's, that, that's off the table. So now you're talking Borgen, Ristolainen, and Yoki Haru. You know, what, what are you going to do with that? Or do you trade one of them before the expansion draft? Or do you trade a pick... I believe it was a sixth-round pick to Vegas to lay off Alinas Allmark and take Carrier. You know, do you get the do you get Vegas to or do you get Seattle to lay off of the one forward, whether it's Middlestat or I'm sorry, not Middlestat, Asplin, Bork, Thompson. One of those three would be unprotected. Mm-hmm. So, do you send them a fourth-round pick to say, okay, lay off? Let's say it was Bork or layoff Yoki Haru and take Miller, you know, something like yeah. that, or take Gergensen's. Or mm-hmm. I, I don't have Gergensen's on the protected list either. Some pe- people might uh, right now. I wouldn't. With, I wouldn't for yeah. sure. So it might take a draft pick to to get them to lay off some of the younger players mm-hmm. that you don't want to lose. So otherwise, you probably are going to lose one of your good young players. Yeah. And we saw that we saw with how well Vegas did with maneuvering and and figuring that all out with their team in their first year. I mean, they went to the Stanley Cup final. All right, Paul. Well, before I let you go, I might as well just ask you about what we're expected to see from this team in the final game of the season tonight. You know, Michael Hauser likely going to go tonight. Yeah, Hauser's in goal. Um, Allmark's not ready, and it was up to Allmark. It was if he felt he could go. Renato told him to let him know, but obviously Elmark did not feel that he's quite ready yet, so it'll be uh, Hauser in net for them. And I think this team really, you know, judging by talking with them after the game and yesterday, they felt they really let this this guy down. You know, he comes into his home rink and they play so poorly in front of him and eight goals wound up going in. So I think they'd like to try to make up for that if they can. And so that's what I'm expecting is a much better effort, a much better defensive effort, realizing that, hey, if you want to go end-to-end with the Pittsburgh Penguins, it'll be a fun for, fun game for people to watch, but it's not going to be a fun game for us because we may wind up with eight pucks in our net again. Mm-hmm. So um, I expect a, a much better effort from them, much smarter effort maybe would be the better word in their management of the puck. Very good. Well, Paul, thanks again for taking the time this morning. We'll be listening for you in the pregame and the roundtable with you, Brian, Pat, and Dan. Thanks for all the work you've done throughout the entire season, and we'll we'll talk plenty, I'm sure, over the course of the offseason. Yeah, nice talking to you again. It's been a while, so yeah. it's fun to come on. Thanks again, Paul. Yes, thank you. All right, Paul Hamilton joining us here on the Western Hotline. We'll step aside, take a timeout. We'll have a quick segment coming back, and then we'll talk with Dan Rosen from NHL.com, get his thoughts on the Sabres from a national perspective on what they should do in the offseason, uh, what what the future Jack Eichel might look like. We'll get his thoughts. 803-0550, Sports Talk Saturday rolls along here on WGR.
the beats just keep coming here on WGR Sports Radio 550 Sports Talk. Saturday here, Brayton Wilson filling in for Nate Geary. Thanks again for tuning in today. Final day of the regular season for the Buffalo Sabres. Final day of the season in general. No playoffs. Last place finish. We've heard this plenty of times before, unfortunately. But here we are once again, a fourth time in the 10 years that Sabres have missed the playoffs in a row where the Sabres will finish last place by the time the season ends. Uh, 803-0551, 888-552-550. Shorter segment here because we got Dan Rosen coming up at 12.05 to talk about the Sabres from a national perspective, but want to get some quick thoughts on Twitter on the topic of today. How would you grade Don Granado through his tenure as the Sabres interim head coach? Got a text here that, text here that says he's proven himself with a group of kids. However, I don't know how he's able to help with Jack. Eichel. Certainly that's something that we haven't seen during this time because Eichel was hurt before Don Granado took over as the interim head coach and he has not played since then and will not play today. So unfortunately for Eichel, that is a situation that is still developing as to what's going to happen in the future. Another text here says might be odd, but I don't know what to do with the pick here for the the poll. Uh, I am so torn. I'm just happy I don't have to make that decision. Well, certainly that is something that Kevin Adams is going to have to figure out and he'll probably have to figure out in a in a timely manner. Not in I don't want Kevin Adams to rush this decision at all. I think he needs to take the time with this decision and get the right guy for the job because, I mean, it's important that you actually have a coach that lasts longer than two years here as the head coach in Buffalo. Uh, Gabe tweets in saying that he likes what he sa- what he sees in Granado, but still the coaching search has to go on. I'm in agreement there. I think that no matter what the case is, he should be uh, – that Kevin Adams should be – going on to talking to other candidates and talk to as many and any candidate you can about what what the future of this organization holds. 803-0550 if you want to call in with your thoughts as well. But right now we got to step aside because i got to get Dan Rosie in, in here very shortly to talk to him about the Sabres from a national perspective and get his thoughts on what lies ahead for Buffalo this offseason. Join us. We have two hours left to go before Sabres pregame coverage with Brian Koziel. Face-off between the Sabres and Penguins is at 3 in the regular season finale today in Pittsburgh. Sports Talk Saturday rolls along after this. Brayton Wilson here with you on WGR.